Hey there, Conquerors. Welcome to episode 93 of Conquering Columbus. Today on the show, we have Adam and Allie Lehman of The Wonder Jam, and they got a great entrepreneurial story and their journey to founding The Wonder Jam. They've also got their own podcast, The Wonder Jam Podcast. It'll be linked up in the show notes. So definitely go check it out. Definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this story, and I hope you get a lot out of it. Before we get to that interview, though, I want to ask you all for a quick favor. If you haven't already, pick up your phone and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're listening on. It really helps support our show, and it'll make sure you never miss a single episode of Conquering Columbus. We also want to take a moment to thank some of our supporters. Conquering Columbus is brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. And for more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. Mike here again. Do you want to be a sponsor of Conquering Columbus? We are looking for some new supporters to help keep the show going in 2018. To inquire about how you can help support the podcast, please send an email to mike at conqueringcolumbus.com. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You can drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. This is another episode of Conquering Columbus, and today on the show we have Adam and Allie Lehman of The Wonder Jam. So Adam and Allie are co-founders, and they also happen to be married. And uh, they founded The Wonder Jam back in May of 2013. The Wonder Jam is a branding and marketing firm focused on helping many companies here locally with branding services, consulting, photography, and more. And they have their own Wonder Jam podcast, which will be linked up in the show notes for you guys to check out. And welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah we're excited to have you both here today. So what's your guys' typical day look like? Let's start there. And yeah. <laughs> is there a typical day? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, we said we are... We don't have a typical day, for sure. My, um... I feel like we have typical days. Like, <laughs> yeah. I try to stick to certain things on certain days. So, you know, if you're asking me, like, what my Thursday looks like, I can usually tell you. Yours are a little bit more all Your over Tuesdays the place. are always similar. Yeah. You're like, you try and stack all of your meetings on Tuesdays. Yeah. Have production days on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So we have trying to have those, like, focused sort of theme days. Yeah. Um, but it changes because we... 
we don't have a lot of ongoing relationships with people. As far as our clients, they're not on recurring monthly billing or things like that. Mm -hmm. They're hiring us usually to come in and upgrade something in a sort of very focused one-time thing. So mm -hmm. um, on Monday, I'm spending my whole day doing um, branding and copywriting for a company and coming up with new mm -hmm. stuff. So it's like a big writing day. Other days we have meeting days and yeah. they're nuts. So I do think it's more um, routine than it was maybe like a year ago. But Yeah. We get bored really quickly, which is why we start yeah. our own thing. Um, we work to other places and... We were just like, gosh, I gotta, I want to do something different today. Which, when you're working for a boss or for another company, yeah. they don't always want you to come in and just kind of like mix it up, follow your heart. Yeah, um, right. Every Sorry, day. today's Tuesday. I'm only gonna work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, this is just what I want. Like I know that I need to do these twelve things. I worked in sales and marketing, and so I had um, a number of contacts or calls I needed to make to potential clients, and you know, showing up and being like. I just I really feel like to. I want to work on our blog today. It was not yeah. like an option. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But we try – I think we're better about keeping to those themes and not just trying to stack everything, you know, just randomly. I think what the – yeah, I think the, the – we've done a lot of different calendaring or productivity things or workshops or, mm -hmm. you know, gone through a lot of things to try and make our – ourselves more productive or more creative or more whatever. And we find it's just a constant evolution of what we yeah. get into or what clients are asking for from us or mm -hmm. how we feel like our energy is it changed changing. a lot. It changed a lot when we started hiring. So we mm -hmm. have a team of um, seven now and, you know, most of them are in the office. So I have to connect with them on a weekly basis or be available for questions or reviewing things. So that changes a little bit of, that flexibility a little bit. You know, when it yeah. was just the two of us, we could do literally anything we wanted. Now we have a little bit more accountability. Yeah. So. It's very, every day is very different for yeah. sure, which we like. Yeah. Yeah. You said your model is a lot of like one-off projects, but mm -hmm. I'm assuming like same clients that you're working with over and over again. Do you guys like that model? Do you wish that you had more of like a reoccurring retainer type situation? We or? did. We started dabbling in retainers last fall. Um, and so we have a handful of clients who we really love and trust and, um, have a really great relationship with but before we worked with them on a retainer basis we worked on like a larger one-off project so we got to know how they work how they communicate and now we're starting to work through certain of those clients having access to us on a day-to-day -day basis um and it works really well i think yeah. it's like a good mix we're always trying to make sure that not all of our clients are paying us too much in relation to everyone else we don't want to get into that situation a lot of firms and agencies get into where one mm -hmm. client leaves and then your business falls apart so we're always trying to yeah almost keep it at bay and not do too much yeah and get lopsided. yeah yeah it's a, it's there's a lot of um i do a lot of pouring through spreadsheets to make sure our business model looks healthy looks healthy but also mm -hmm. in a good way of uh looks creative services just always deal with the same problems of um, we have creative people who are in jobs, but they have to do routine, monotonous things, and so they get tired and they go work somewhere else where they have a greater opportunity. We've had people who work at very nice firms um, mm -hmm. or have imp imp impressive jobs who have contacted us willing to take a pay cut because we don't do the monotonous parts of that. We're not just cutting banner ads for McDonald's repeatedly, you know, mm -hmm. like that's not a designer's job. No designer wakes up in the morning dreaming of doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but McDonald's would be very frustrated if they tried to hire us because we just don't do a lot of the things they ask for. Yeah. So um, 
we've tried to really focus in on that. Like, how can we come in and make a big difference? And then mm-hmm. if there are, um, for businesses that are growing, we do a lot of training of if they're bringing on younger designers or support staff in-house, we'll do some training for helping them take over and figure that stuff out. But we love to come in and make a big difference mm-hmm. and then high-five everybody afterwards and be like, I'm excited for you to grow and go and do your thing. Yeah. And I spent some time uh, in a similar company. I was doing like graphic design, strategic marketing. That was like the things that you guys just touched on were the toughest things that we dealt with yeah. all the time. Was sure. One, like you watch a lot of companies go under because they would lose like a Cardinal Health or something like that yeah. as their main client. And then you're dealing with creative people who are really great at what they do and then trying to tell them you only have so much time to get it done. And like I know, it's so hard. Yeah, just yeah. balancing and like selling your time for money like that yeah. is a really yeah. difficult so, strategy. So for us, and I'm no one asks us about this, and so I'm excited to get it talk about it uh we we love small businesses a ton all of our our clients are small mm-hmm. um and we a lot of one and two person businesses are mm-hmm. the types of folks that we work with uh and we we find that we get to do the most creative and fun stuff um it might not be famous but we get as far as the work that we get yeah. to produce and make for people businesses of that size are so th- thankful to get attention um, and things produced of a quality that isn't a custom, like is not normally offered for people of that size, mm-hmm. that they are so easy and so thankful, uh, so easy to work with. They let us, we get a lot of creative control. And there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, we've done work for larger companies or chains that have places, you know, large companies. And mm-hmm. any photographer in the world could have taken those photos and it would have been probably the same because those large brands have mm-hmm. brand standards and we feel like we get to come in and make a difference but then also it selfishly we kind of get to do what, what we want, we want mm-hmm. um which is yeah a position not a ton of people who do what we do are in which we're very thankful and it's something that is very important to us mm-hmm. yeah it's fun definitely i think you know there's a there's interesting niche there for a lot of businesses i think you see a lot of businesses today really focusing on you know the mom and pop local shops mm-hmm. that that kind of get neglected by these larger corporations or larger conglomerate yeah. groups. But I kind of want to take a step back. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about mm-hmm. you guys' lives leading up to Wonder Jam. Mm-hmm. Maybe start with, how'd you guys meet? Yeah. I just told someone this. We met at an IHOP in Indiana. We over pancakes In Muncie, at, Indiana. Pancakes at like midnight. Yeah. Um, I was a freshman in college. You were a sophomore. So I, the better story, not the better story. This is the... You're it's telling the same a good story. story. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we have different versions. The way I would prefer to tell a story is... You were, we both went to Taylor University in mm-hmm. Indiana, um, and we, I was an RA my sophomore year. She's freshman coming in. So I got to go early to school, um, and what we did as an RA in a guy's dorm was we always went and helped all the gals' dorms. We helped them move in because we were really nice, but then also we would get to meet the new girls. class of freshman mm-hmm. girls before everybody else, mm-hmm. which gave me a good opportunity to be like the first not freshman guy that Allie met at college and so it put me in a, an perfect. advantage at that point yeah. so it was uh you know or disadvantage <laughs> right um but that's how we met and so we mm-hmm. I organized the thing between your the girls dorm and our guys yeah. dorm and we would all hang out and we went to IHOP and met there and your roommate had a crush on me mm-hmm. and my roommate had a crush on you yep and so we were just friends for like two years for sure. And just hung out, and then um, Allie sat me down and was like, you're going to date me, or we're not going to be friends anymore? Yeah, I gave she him an ultimatum. put an ultimatum, ultimatum in, me, yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> it was right before I was going to go study in London, so I was like, so let me know, I'll be back, and then you can just like, I'll be back know. in a month, and you decide what you want to do, yeah. which was funny. Um, he obviously picked the right yeah we did the right decision um but then we um we both grew up in the midwest we i was in illinois he was in indiana um i grew up really creative you grew up doing like i i feel like you were very multivaried you did like um musicals and football and like all the different things i went to a really small school and we got to do all sorts of things i was in like the business and Mm -hmm. i went to I like did FFA stuff like farm things, mm-hmm. meat judging. I did some of that, which is fun. Sounds yummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't eat anything. We just judged Judge, it. Judged, judged um, it. Yeah. Yeah, we did all kinds of. We got to do a lot of different things. Yeah. Ended up moving out here uh, for a job. I graduated in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. recession time. Allie graduated two thousand nine, which mm-hmm. is also recession time. Yeah. Um, and then promptly. I was working very quickly at UPS, loading boxes into trailers, and Allie was working at a call center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Not pretty glamorous. quickly we were like, <laughs> we should just do our own stuff because yeah. the world doesn't have jobs for us. And I've been freelancing. I mean, I was selling artwork at a really young age. I was doing paintings and, you know, art, mm. like fine art like that. And so I continued to freelance as a designer through college. And I think it was just like a really natural progression. Like I had always been compensated for work that I had done and – it made it easy to move to a new city and sell mm. what you sell what you do. Yeah. If anyone's listening to this and has youngsters in their life, pay them for stuff that they do. It you have it changes Ali, even as an artist, you know, people artists can struggle a lot with pricing their things appropriately or finding value in what they do. And Ali has none of that. She has no problem telling people what her work costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been you were paid real amounts of money at, as, like, a 12-year-old painting. Yeah. Um, which was very cool. It does. I, like, buy paintings from kids now because I'm like, they this will, like, change their life. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. But When Mike tries to vent me too much, I try to charge him, too. But it <laughs> usually doesn't work out too well. So what were both your degrees in? I didn't think I heard Mine that. Mine was called New Media, which was, like, basically the the department hadn't gotten to the point to call it graphic design i think the year i graduated they changed they're like we need to just call this it's not new anymore it's just you know how sometimes design. college programs can be Outdated. a couple of years behind mm-hmm. what's going on in the real world mm-hmm. yours was maybe a decade behind yeah, yeah. um and i i graduated with a degree i wanted to be a pastor so my degree was in christian educational ministries mm-hmm. um and i moved here to be a youth pastor up at a church around powell you did like a 180 in your career not yeah. that what you do now is the complete opposite yeah, of a youth not, pastor but i'm not like you really like shifted career paths yeah which definitely. i think is an interesting I a, story. yeah a big yeah. a big career jump for sure yeah yeah huge yeah definitely so let's talk a little bit about the idea of the wonder jam so when mm-hmm. did you guys decide like hey we're we want to start our own business together, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing probably somewhere in between there, you guys ended up getting married. Yes, 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 yes. So. We got married um, pretty much straight away before yeah, we ever worked together. Yeah. yeah. So we. Yeah, we got married at IHOP. Yeah, we got married <laughs> at IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We're done. Pancakes are at life. a small Christian school. That's kind of the speed. Yeah, you get people, married pretty fast. You like um, meet someone, and then the, probably that's your soul. Everybody's mate. getting yeah. married. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, we got married in '09, so we're next year will be 10 years being married, but we. Been married for four when we started our business, um, and we, you basically were just you were working at a place similar to the Wonder Jam, um, in size and and yeah. services, and I was basically like, hey, if you work with me, we can make all of the money instead of 
a small percentage. Yeah, it was, and it, I was, so I worked at UPS, this is like my career path, um, I worked at UPS, and I did sales for a trucking logistic company that um, thought that me loading boxes was somehow like prepared me for a sales job in logistics, um, which was fine. And I started doing mm-hmm. website. I had always done website. I had always done marketing stuff on the side for small businesses and friends um, and ended up at a small agency and then at a, me and three other friends helped start an agency. Um, and at that same time, Allie was doing all of her own stuff. And she was getting pretty – she was becoming successful quickly or you were succeeding mm-hmm. quickly and needed help. And then I, I also watched – myself being in the role I was at now at this small company realizing, oh, I can do all of this stuff. Like, we can do all this stuff together. There would even be some projects that I was working on I'm at home, and I'm like, hey, can you... I would give her my computer, and she, like, makes some stuff look a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, gosh, this is... It's like we're working together. Um, And that was a remote job, too. So I was working out of her house. She was working out of her house, and it Mm -hmm. just started to feel like that. Um, And then pretty quickly, it was like, I think we could... Yeah. This, so I'm not really a futuristic person though, so I don't think I was like I didn't envision what it is now. I was just doing the work and he is very much like a dreamer and can think like, okay, in five years it could be like this and so I think the balance kept us growing slowly mm. and not we didn't try to like attain anything that we couldn't handle. It was just very very organic small. and slow yeah. and yes. That was that was nice. Um but it's, it started out of – it's some of the agencies I worked at. We would put proposals in front of small businesses, a couple of sisters who were starting something or a couple of um, one person who just had this – a one-person business. And the proposals um, – I was kind of working alongside of the sales process, and I was, I was like, I hope they say no to this because those – the business model of a larger agency just didn't allow for them to work with – small firms for something less than $20,000 or $17,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I found myself ho- hoping that they said no and weren't mad at me. Like, I was like, I hope you don't do this because I think this would be bad mm-hmm. for you. Um, but I like you and, like, want to support your growth. And so we were able to kind of just carve out a place for folks like that. And we found there's just not a ton <clears throat> of – there's a lot of people helping small businesses, but not a lot of people helping – tiny businesses mm-hmm. like very small businesses um and so yeah it's been mm-hmm. we've been very supported which is good and yeah. there's a lot of folks for us to help so yeah it yeah. sounds a little tougher when you're hoping that they don't buy what yeah. you're selling yeah <laughs> yeah right. yeah yeah i didn't stay at i was at that <laughs> i was at that job for two months so <laughs> right yes. after about three weeks of that i was like i'm gonna start trying to figure out something else because yeah this wasn't good so yeah. yeah and and kind of what i'm curious about is you know, it's it's important to really understand what you're good at and what you're not. And it seems like both of you have a really good sense of, you know, your individual skills mm-hmm. and how you guys balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that, I mean, did you just guys just kind of know? Or mm-hmm. what, did it take some work to figure out, like, hey, this is how we're That's a good question. <laughs> no, I think it was like. I think it's daily work. Well, because, it's daily work, yeah. but I think it's different when you're married. Like, when you work, we've both owned other businesses and exited, and you're much more aware of someone that you only know in a professional capacity. And I think when you're married, it's very much day-to-day, you're already dealing with that thing where you're like, you said you were going to clean the car and you never did. That 
feels similar to like you said you were gonna send that email and you never did. So yeah. I it's think like the speed of honesty is very fast inside yeah. of our business. If uh, anything, I think now having employees or contractors, I have to, I'm much more aware of the fact that I'm my delivery is more kind to those people than it can be to him, and I have to learn. Okay, I need to treat him also like that person that I'm not married to. Be nice so. to Adam, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that I think the best thing the best thing or um, the best thing that's for us mm-hmm. is has been this constant improvement and just continual growth and learning stuff and starting off very much. You were very much trained in your skill set to use, but I very much, I was not, and so it's yeah. been very self-taught, very much continually improving, and also very much not holding whatever we're doing too precious that we can't mm-hmm. be corrected or called out on something. Um, but I think we're always seeking out um, to get better at that, whether yeah. it's working with a coach or you know reading yeah. or um, we've always hired coaches, testing our own strengths. Yeah. And, and personality types and things like that. When we started having a team, we both are good with people or, you know, we're good at that in that space. Mm -hmm. But we realized, oh, we need to manage people to stay productive but also be nice to them but also be humans. And so we started, you know, really digesting a lot of stuff about management that probably anyone who went through a business college would have had to read like eight times. But we were reading it with real practical, like I have a real problem I'm solving. Yeah. Um, And so we just have gone out and done things and then learned about it along the way. Yeah. And I think that's been such, that makes us very different is that we've changed and grown together a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Um, we're very different than we were, but it feels like a very improved version of whatever we were yep. five years ago. I agree. Yeah, there's definitely a large difference between like reading the theory and then applying it on a daily basis. And yeah. you know, when you kind of goes off track and you're like, oh man, this wasn't in the book. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. So. Or like, you know, you read these books of people who lead teams at Google and you're like, well, this is very different for me right now. You know, I'm like not dealing with people who are getting paid six figures and, you know. Yeah. Especially yeah. in your industry, I feel like it's tough because as a graphic designer, it's really easy. I, I don't know if I want to say really easy, but it's probably easier to exit and go try to do your own thing or freelance yeah. and kind of call yourself your own business. So keeping, like, I know one struggle we have is just keeping good designers yeah. who are entrepreneurial in spirit, you know, to Here. stay with the company. So yeah. you got to yeah. figure out what advantage are we bringing to them, I guess. I know. It is hard. And the world is very different than it was. I mean, 2008, when the recession happened, a lot of the number of one-person businesses or freelancers exploded. Um, and even large companies now realizing there's a lot of benefit to working with people in a remote or a contractor business, um, you know, that's a lot different than it used to be. And so those are all just brand new challenges that the world is dealing with. People have theories of how it should all work, but everyone's kind of also testing them out at the same time. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I've heard, and I've read from time to time, and I can't remember which art, like which paper it was in, but it was a paper, uh, article talking about how a lot of things that we never expected to shift towards a contractor model are, are going that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are contracting out sales teams. They're contracting. Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. is contractable. So yeah. uh, with you guys, like, how do you see, like, I'm just curious about, I mean, we talked a little bit about the retainer model, but mm-hmm. how do you see your business model growing as you move forward? Yeah. And that was a change over the last five years. I mean, it's yeah. 2013 right now, so you guys yeah. are at year five. Like, maybe take us through like that uh, quick yeah. chronological. Oh, I would we can just to. link up our Excel spreadsheet in the show notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Well, year one was um, very 
freelance feeling. I mean, it was the two of us. We lived in a townhouse. My brother lived with us. He had just dropped out of college, so we were dealing with, like, sharing our life with another adult. Um, and it was a lot of just figuring out we can travel all the time just because we can, We that we have to make money. Um, and then I think year two, it was like, okay, uh, our studio space fell into our lap. We were able to sublease, trade a lot of that, um, leasing that. And so that was a really nice way to ease into having a little bit of overhead. Um, we started playing around with having interns, failing miserably, not wondering, like, what are we doing wrong? Um, do you want to add anything to those Gosh, first no, two that's years? Like, so the, yeah, I, I feel like it very much was two ambitious, hardworking, creative people were given a business mm-hmm. and no – we always did a good job for our clients. Clients were always happy. We always treated people well. When Allie says we failed at interns, it was probably because we didn't put very much responsibility on them. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't it was because nothing, we, like, stressed anyone out. It so wasn't, we, And it wasn't them. It was just us being like, I mean, we don't really know what we're doing. But it was just – so since in five years it's been all of that. Our business model from a math, like from a mechanic standpoint, ha- has been – Last year, I was really happy. Our top, our top client took up, made eight percent of our revenue. We had five hundred and ninety. This is twenty seventeen numbers. Five hundred ninety five people who paid us from our top client to a person who came to one fifteen dollar workshop. So that you know the gap that is a pretty wide range. Um, we also fired that client because that relationship that relationship was not great, and they were the last huge company who is still as like part of our client mm-hmm. um, client base and we're just like we don't need to do this we can replace this with something else and so I we feel a lot of freedom in being able to do that that's important to us and it lets us you know we had a recent meeting with a potential client and it, it lets us be really honest in those scenarios because we don't it's not difficult for us to like replace that large client mm-hmm. um, I see a lot of education and empowerment happening um in the future. Yeah, in the future. We're starting a um, – I started doing coaching because we found in, in serving these one- and two-person businesses, people would show up and be like, I need a website. I'm like, you actually just need to talk to somebody. You definitely don't need a website yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people who we've pivoted from thinking they want to make a big investment somewhere and us being like, that's the wrong time to make mm-hmm. this. You need to make a couple of changes first. And so then, then we started doing workshops – to mm-hmm. kind of just expand that, and yeah. then we started doing more online resources. We started our podcast really just to connect with those folks. And so that's turned into a really nice, what would be, from a sales perspective, top of our funnel of people who we're now getting people who are like, oh, I was came to a workshop last year, and then mm-hmm. I've been listening to your podcast, and now I have, and now I need a website, and like, now's the right time for it, and so, and I trust you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, we all think the same way. And so it allows us to work with people really quickly because yeah. they're already bought into how we do everything. Um, we have a workshop, an online resource, called Branding on a Budget, where we just like, this is how you make stuff look as good as possible for the least amount of money possible. Mm-hmm. And people go through that, grow their business a little bit, and then a year later they're like, I don't want to do that anymore. And so I love... The top of our sales funnel is also paid. People are paying to participate in that, mm-hmm. um, and we're getting to help a ton of people. And then, you know, the appropriate amount of those trickle down into our larger, more involved 
um, relationships. And so yeah. I love it. It's t- it's a ton of fun. And I think I'm surprised at how much I'm teaching now at age 30. Like, I never really did that growing Like, I d- didn't have a lot of experience in, like, yeah. sharing knowledge. But when it's kind you of think like all pastor school is, is just, like, teaching, teaching stuff oh. all the time. Well, I didn't have that. <laughs> and so I think thinking through... Because I'm actually practicing the things that I'm teaching, I have such a different passion for it than if I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this professionally and then just teach. So I'm constantly learning new things myself. And if I teach this spring, I'm going to teach like four photography classes at our space or outside of our space. And yeah. um, I have a an excitement that I think a lot of people aren't used to within that teaching teacher-student model. Yeah. And we'll get, like, yeah, we just don't. We'll give away all of the secrets. Like, we don't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has empowered. It's been so much fun to watch people take that and run with it and be like, I don't need a designer. I can kind of do it myself. But with your tips, it's nice. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, software, a, uh, a guy who's starting a, his own software company just emailed me. He's gone through a branding on a budget workshop. He's very bootstrapped with what he's doing. And he emailed me he's like your information about how to select fonts or pair fonts together that's inside of that class like helped all of his stuff look infinitely better um and that's like what i want i mean as someone who's creative you don't want to see more ugly fonts so i'm like i could sell (laughs) this class all day yeah yeah so that's been that's where we're headed i think we have a team right now of eight we'll grow Mm -hmm. i mean that feels pretty good for now Mm -hmm. um and just getting all of that yeah. working pretty well. But I definitely, expansion-wise, I see the education and the resourcing and empowering. And you know, there's so many people who have a limited cash flow but need need some help. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them can do it themselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, from an outside perspective, it's pretty cool that you said spot on. Like, you guys aren't scared to give away the secrets. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like. You're just kind of boxing mm-hmm. up these things that you would do internally and just yeah. telling people, you know, we're more interested in you being successful yeah. and we think it's going to pay us back in the long run, which yeah. I don't think you see a lot of, I mean, there's so many agencies across the city that I never realized yeah. and differentiate yourself in some way. Like I noticed when I got on your website, you guys had drift on there and it was yeah. like, where else are you going to see that on an agency right. website? It's like yeah. very different. People and will it, message you oh like, is this real? And you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I get all of those. Yeah. So if you want to get onto our website, the one and then go to chat. To it's just basically you can text me. Yeah. Um, and it's such – all those questions are from – are people – I would say 50% yeah. of them are people thinking, I want to come to this workshop. I have a question. Um, and it's always – a lot of it is we have this photography workshop. This is the camera I have. Do you think I should be able to come? And a lot of times like, no. Like, don't come. Go get this camera first. Mm-hmm. Your camera is too crappy for this workshop to make a difference for yeah. you. Um, and we turn, well, we were in yeah. – we were at a conference and I was teaching a photography course and this woman came up to me right before it started and she's like, all I have is this and these are the kind of photos that I want to take. Should I sit in this class? And we were like, no, you should go find another workshop to go be a part yeah. of. And um, that's, we just want to be helpful. Yeah. And because it's not a huge percentage of our revenue, it's easy to stay helpful. Yeah. We're not like thirsty for money yeah. in that way. Most definitely. And as creatives, have you guys found any struggle in transitioning from managing the entire projects yourself to actually like putting off pieces to your different coworkers and trusting that they're going to provide the level of quality that you guys are hoping for in these projects? Yes. It's been difficult, <laughs> but um, our designer, Erica, is like flawless. I mean, I never have revisions for her. I'm usually like, this is so good. Um, and 
I think it's more taking the people that are on our team and saying, what are you interested in learning and then doing for clients and trying to sell that and then trying to execute when that's not my thing. So um, Michael, who's on our team, learned how to animate for our client pursuit, which is they sell suits down in the short north. And the animation ended up being on the crew, like Columbus crew, like billboard. billboard. Yeah. And he learned in a week and did it. But I can't really help him learn it, you know, because I don't know how to do it. So in that sense, you're like, okay, we're delivering this for a client. I actually don't have the skill set, but you're learning. This is really out of my control. Yeah. It's, um, use the word trust, and that is that is what our conversations with our team, as we're trying to develop everybody, have turned into is I, I think, especially in the world today, you can learn you can learn the tools of anything. It's You can't go back and be 12 and like do fine art and have people believe in you and Mm-hmm. You know, you can't put more hours into that. Than, that's the, probably the secret that we have that is mm-hmm. Allie's been doing this forever and she has a lot of hours built up. But I think the rest of it, it just turns into us talking with our team saying, I want to be able to trust you more than I do now in this arena. So Michael works on an animation. That works out pretty well. If somebody had something a little bit more complicated, I don't know if he could do it. And so we're like, do you want us in the future to give you things that are more complicated? Mm-hmm. If so... You need to go do something to demonstrate mm-hmm. trust or to demonstrate that you are worthy of being trusted with that. Yeah. And that we could go to a client and say, yeah, we can do that. Um, a lot of our team is learning mm-hmm. photography. They're just like picking that up. Mm-hmm. And it's a very useful thing for the businesses we serve. And as we watch them do, you know, as we watch them get their hands into it, they take some insane, amazing photos. Mm-hmm. And like you... If you just post this and like I'll, someone buy something like this from me, people will do it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's this thing of you have to demo, you have to do things that help other people trust you. Like that's yeah. you have to do that, and you have to have. If I could inject everybody on our team with something, it would be the confidence to go do, try something. Is that there's no yeah. mistakes, and the people we work with are nice people, and we can always say, hey, this we've worked on this for twenty hours, and it's. We don't like where it is. Can we meet next week instead of this week? And can we deliver mm-hmm. this a week later? You know, this we're in, we're doing design, not surgery. So mm-hmm. that stuff is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish people would take more risks, and I wish they would show off their work a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the other the thing is yeah. um, someone who I'm, I'm basically like traffic control project manager. I am constantly, I don't want to overwhelm people. And that's actually something that's just within me. If you were, like, dog-sitting, I would just be like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't want you to feel like there's too much responsibility. I just don't like putting that on people. And so managing and building this creative team, I'm always very aware of not putting too much work on someone's plate. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have the culture of, like, hustle, work 80 hours a week. And so if someone can work 30 hours a week and get paid really well and do all of the work, I'm cool with that. Um, But there still needs to be enough managing and leading there. I can't just let them have all the freedom in the world, you know? Yeah. You can't go laissez-faire on them. Just say, yeah. Good, good luck. Go yeah. I'll you see you do. next month. Yeah. That's what we started <laughs> off as, and it just didn't. Yeah. I never thought of it this way, but it's not fun to work in that environment. Like, you think you don't, a person doesn't know if they're doing a did job. a good job or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can create, we've tried to keep this balance of staying flexible, but then also, 
people understanding are you what does it look like for you to do a good job and are you doing that and yeah. do you know that can mm -hmm. you see that yeah I think if you don't put enough of a of a structure in place I mean it, it's hard to find enough employees that are going to be able to handle that because yeah. I think a lot of people will take advantage of it in a situation where it's hey yeah. I'm only gonna have to work 30 hours a week that's all I'm gonna do yeah. and I think it's it's hard to find enough people to hire that are Who that have that and have the balance and responsibility and yeah. all of those traits and our so ours are just because we have no secrets um our it's not like we're giving people a salary and then saying this is unlimited vacation it's we have uh, people are paid hourly. People are paid also flat fees based on projects they're working on, and then they're paid um, as part of a profit share profit share program once they've been with us for three months. Mm -hmm. And so th there's three different ways people can earn, um, and they're all very aware of what they need to do. They could all figure out how to fill more of. You each can like of push buckets. the gas pedal on one of those and be really, um, you know, what's the word? Really. I don't know what the word is. Kind of aggressive. You could say, like, I'm going to just work a lot of hours this yeah. week because I don't have a lot of flat fee projects. So if someone on our team wants to make more money or has a vacation coming up, our developer, Matt, just did this where he went on a amazing trip with his wife. Oh, it was their honeymoon. Yeah, a uh, honeymoon. Uh, <laughs> you ever heard but he went on an amazing trip. But he, he everyone understands what they could do to earn more. And I, I think that is usually pretty rare um, and it's something that is not trained in a lot of other places. You don't learn that in school. And so it's something we watch people like kind of figure out like, all right, I'd, I don't want to work 100 hours a week, but if I did, I could make a ton, but I'm not going to work 100 hours a week. And so how do they figure out what works for them mm -hmm. and for their life and yeah. all of that It also stuff. has allowed our education piece to really just be profit. So if everyone helps out with that, like everyone's getting a share of it. And so we very much were trying to figure out how we can be a little bit more remote first when we need to, not depending on being in the studio together. But if you help me, if you help Adam and Allie free up their time, they can invest in teaching a class that makes you know, a couple thousand dollars, then everyone gets all that goes some into a like profit share bucket, essentially, mm -hmm. which is um, which is cool. So the yeah, gosh, we get, I would want to go through Excel spreadsheets so bad right now, but we're no, not going to do that. Horrible. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a really cool approach. I've never like you hear it at like an executive level or management how you like divide up these different incentive plans to encourage the behavior that you want, but yeah. you never hear it at an entry level. And yeah, yeah. One thing I worry about personally, like starting my own company and starting to hire people, is. I think I would impress my attitude on work and life on them too much, and mm -hmm. they wouldn't be happy, you yeah. know, because not everybody... Has the same priorities. Exactly. So I read a book last year called Radical Candor by Kim Scott, and she was worked at Facebook, Google... Apple. Apple, all that stuff. Um, but she talks about how... She picked this up from someone that worked with her, I think, at Google, um, and it's we meet with everyone that works with us, and we talk through three conversations. The first one is a sit-down where you tell me your life story, and you get a sense of like how someone's life has affected where who they are now. Um, you also get a sense of like what they think is important to tell you. Um, the second conversation is uh, their dreams, which doesn't have to be professional. It can be, I want to own a dog like a dog farm where everyone's just all the dogs yeah. live people on our team dreams. some of them are like i want to get a dog i don't have one that's part of their like that's part of their plan yeah um and then part of their plan would be i'm gonna move to new york someday you know that's in there mm -hmm. um or i have my spouse someday wants to start a restaurant and i could imagine myself 
doing that with them, like jumping yeah. in and helping. And so you talk through those yeah. those dreams, and then the last conversation is basically like a three, six, twelve, eighteen month plan, whichever you feel like is a good mm-hmm. good conversation. Um, and from those dream dreams, you you say, okay, well, you need to start doing this, or this job should help you get better at managing if you're going to run a restaurant with your yeah. significant other, or if you want a dog. Um, are you going to really try to move to Brooklyn with a dog? Because, you, you know, so you start talking through really real conversations. And then they say, like, no, actually, I want to move to New York more than than having a dog. Um, and it's not always tied to your business, but I think it helps you say, I want to help you get your dreams accomplished, but you have to help me and we, too. Yeah, and we start to, and so we start to, with those people, turns, uh, with those conversations, turn into, all right, if you want to move to New York, what can we help train you to do for us and for our team and that's remote that you could do remotely so that if you had the opportunity to move you would still have some kind of income as you transition look for jobs there mm-hmm. versus go sit in new york and be like hey i'm from columbus like someone please hire me yeah um and so and it helps build it helps figure out like where our company and our work mm-hmm. fits in with their life mm-hmm. and how it's a part of it and not so um segregated but it made me when you when you said that i i'm the same way where i don't want to apply my perspective worldview priorities on someone else because then they're just gonna i think be unhappy you know yeah it's interesting it seems like you guys take your employees and really try to put them into a box and i like like the idea of talking about like their struggles or their paths where they're because it kind of breaks down those barriers between like Mm -hmm. putting you into an environment where you're just a transactional employee and you're here to make us money and Mm -hmm. actually making it like a more Um, family environment which I see a lot more agencies than I do and like even a company like ours like I mean I think we do a really good job of trying to do social events and things like that but I've never once you know brought an employee in for an interview and say hey can you just tell me about your life yeah Yeah. it almost seems like oh I'm not supposed to ask that but like I think I'm gonna start doing it because I like it so much I want to know about them as a person more than just have you come and I think it's weird when you don't know about them as a person you're like sitting next to them yeah and I think that's I'm like the of the two of us I am the bleeding heart of the two of us probably mm-hmm. um and it took Allie being the one who stepped I would always try and be friends with everybody we're working with if they're like hey you want to come over to dinner afterward like it was it was but I didn't understand their backstory like mm-hmm. I didn't know all of this and so having some structured conversations and they lead those conversations so we're going to talk about from you have 45 minutes to talk about you since kindergarten mm-hmm and we won't, pro- you know, I'm not yeah. going to be like, did you date in high school? You know, yeah. we're going to let them talk about <laughs> Share their the stories own stories yeah, um, and not pry. We also, so the other thing is we have, um, we've had and have people on our team who are in a number of other life transitions outside of what's going on. And because our structure is pretty flexible, if things are unstable elsewhere, we recommend and encourage and help people go get work that is much more stable and routine so that that can maybe anchor or be something that's consistent for you because our our mm-hmm. environment is not that way um there's you know there's important there's important situations where people need to go to a place and do work and yeah. see the same people every day and it's very very useful for them mm-hmm. um yeah you just got to know what's good for you yeah. and what works for you Exactly. Yeah, it's very. It seems like you guys are just creating this catalyst from all angles. Kind of like reiterating what I just said. Like it's like you guys are most interested in how you're going to get the businesses the most out of your services, but also your mm-hmm. employees and 
makes things extremely unpredictable for you guys, it sounds like, but yeah. you're ready to roll with it because of how much yeah. value you're providing the people around you, which yeah. you don't see a lot in businesses. So Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird. I feel like once we started approaching the con- the idea of hiring, uh, I, felt, I feel like we had a really good idea and grasp on client work. Like, I think it, that part doesn't feel overwhelming anymore. Um, we've yeah. never had to traditionally go out and market ourselves or cold call, so... Yeah, I just think... If someone said, we, I have, I'm have, i a small business and I need a website done, we could, we could almost, with eyes closed, walk through that whole process and, and help guide a person through that in a, mm-hmm. in a very personal, interactive way. But it's that process is... Those processes are really tight, yeah. which allows us, you know, the to rest of it to be yeah. more flexible. And, you know, we have... We, we... The people who work with us also share in the downside or if a month is lower it's lower for everybody Mm -hmm. um including Mm -hmm. Allie and I including everybody and so they should share yeah there we hit this we hit this inflection point with our business where as the team started to grow it started to become apparent that Adam and Allie were about to if things kept progressing we're about to make a lot more money and I was like this is this will get weird really quickly with the people we care about and spend a lot of time in the office with. If we like buy a and, new car and it's like really awesome and we're yeah. like, thanks for all your work, you know, and it's it starts like to feel weird. Really quickly you're yeah. like, oh, there's, there's something that's odd here and they're working hard. We're working hard. They're very skilled. We're skilled. Um, we obviously like put in a ton more hours and risk and craziness in the first years than they did. Um, but we can share in, we can the share wins, in that. Yeah. Um, and I think it also allows for, you know, we just, there's no creative company that's been around for a long time that hasn't lost a big contract and been like, hey, you guys are all super talented, but 12 of you are going to have to leave today. Um, and so it doesn't matter how much we all act like a family. If the reality is that, you know, if one person gets mad somewhere, I've got to kick 12 people out of my family. That's not – families family, aren't built yeah. that way. Um, and so I've, I've just how can we structure this in a way that it doesn't require us to always be mm-hmm. hitting – 10% growth every single month. It's like, um, you know, my mom going back to work when I was younger and being like, you got to do your own laundry because, like, we're a family and I can't do it anymore, you know, because I'm, like, providing. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, or we can look at our team and say, we hire cleaning people to come into our office. They get paid this much. Would anyone here like to get paid that much to clean our office instead of those people? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I would definitely rather do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we can, you know, we can go that way. Yeah. Which not everyone – Yeah wants to do that you know so right so uh, as we kind of pivot here towards the you know the last few questions of the show yeah what i'm really interested in is that um it seems like as your business grows you know a lot of things change and shift especially so what are you guys' goals for the next five years in terms of not only personal goals and Mm -hmm. growth of the business but size of the business Mm -hmm. i mean you guys want to keep it to a limited size if you're working with smaller businesses or do you guys see it growing Mm -hmm. indefinitely I am not good at answering this question. Adam makes. I just me... want to have my spreadsheet out, and then we can just all talk about it. You can just, um, you can just like briefly really summarize it. No, you can just good. summarize it. For we, me, um, I would like to get. I can see our team getting to like right now. There's eight of mm-hmm. us, um, and I would. I think we have space to get to about twelve, uh, and keep the structures the way they are. And I think, I think we can grow a lot revenue wise and number of people that we serve wise with what we have already with the mm-hmm. eight of us um 
or with those eight roles being filled. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's kind of – I wouldn't try and bring more people on over the next one year, but I could see that growing. Our goal has always been to create a really tight collaborative relationship with a bunch of people who can handle their own stuff as well as collaborate with others. And so it requires everyone to be a little bit like I can handle my own business and I don't need – Adam and Allie to tell me what to do every hour of the day. Um, if but they're then, contractors. If they're contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, But also that we can get a lot more done together that we wouldn't otherwise get to do. So, And I think the education part of what we're doing, I think, can grow. That can grow a ton. For me, I, and for me, this is kind of like side side note. We are very cautious about hiring in that I we have to really enjoy being around those people. Um I don't think anyone really talks about, especially like a creative agency level, that this is so personal. Like you start this business, it's like yours. Um, all the managing leadership books that I read, that person's managing on behalf of a bigger company. And I think that that's a completely different feeling if you really love your business that you started. Yeah. Um, and so everyone on our team, we chose to bring them on because of who they are, not because we had a huge client sign up and we're like, oh my gosh, we have to like get this stuff done. So yeah. we aren't trying to just fill buckets to fill buckets. We're thinking yeah. about the ecosystem and does this person exhaust me? No, that's awesome you can stay. Yeah. I think the other part of it being that's very weird is being married if you're if you have a hard day at work and you go home, you you can vent about that stuff or you can go hang and for us it just doesn't work that way and so we have to if we don't enjoy the day. Mm-hmm. We don't enjoy every life. day. That's yeah. yeah, it's not good for us anywhere mm-hmm. whether work or home and so it keeps our bar stays pretty high as mm-hmm. far as like, are we having a good time? Is this fun? Is today good? Mm-hmm. Um, because even if we want to get to a certain place in five years, but the next week sucks, well, the next week of my marriage probably sucks, and the next week of whatever home is like probably sucks too. So mm-hmm. you have to start being like, do I really want to make that? Is yeah. that what I want to have happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in, like, a creative environment where you have feedback constantly on, like, what you, like, it, it kind of amazed me watching graphic designers give each other feedback and then take some things that somebody said to me, I'd be like, I'd be out of this room right now. Uh, They're like, yeah. that's such a good idea. I'm like, there's no way you feel this. Yeah, like, that's yeah. got to hurt a little yeah. bit. But yeah. they're so open to taking that. But if you right. find, like, someone who isn't right. as, as good at that, but yet they're still good at their job, I can see that it would cause a lot of tension and be sure. kind of disruptive. In oh, my gosh, yeah. For sure, yeah. Well, and just, you know, the more I talk to our clients who are our size or smaller or a little bigger, um, the conversation about having a team and the emotion that comes with it Mm -hmm. is so um, common. And so I was talking to one of our clients via text one day, and she's about my age and has, like, a team of 10. And she was like, it feels like I have 10 children sometimes. Not because they're immature and they're babies, but because you're like, okay, this person's offended because this person said this thing that she interpreted wrong and I have to make sure that everything is, is going well. And, um, no one, I don't think anyone really talks about that on yeah. a small business level. I, I, cause I can remember, I worked at, um, a company here in Columbus called new growth and they were an amazing, they had amazing investment and training into their people. Like, I can't imagine how much that cost them as a company organization mm. to pour into and develop the people on their team. They were insane. And I remember I loved it. We would have conversations about how I want to develop or what I want to get better at. 
and then I would go home, and I'd be thinking about hanging out with my friends or getting dinner or whatever. Yeah. And now we have those same conversations with our team. I'm kind of on the other side of it now, and I think, oh, I talked to, um, I talked to Annie about what she wants to do in photography, and I'm I'm at home at dinner thinking about, I wonder how I can get any more like conversations, or I wonder how I can get like that sticks in my brain for a long time. Mm-hmm. Where when I was on the other side of the table. I would have those conversations with managers and then go out and do something else. Um, And now it feels like, honey, you just care about that so much more. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is, but it just sticks in your head. And it is is, um, one of the best things we ever did probably is we worked with an executive coach. He's here locally. His name's Chris McAllister. Um, He has a business called SightShift. And he – both of us worked with him, and it helped us get – like an emotional baseline level that we were able to have conversations with people, mm-hmm. be able to take feedback really well, um, or be able to sit in a conversation. We I just had a conversation uh, yesterday morning with a client who had feedback on work we did, but there also was a team of four, and and we've had individual conversations with everybody on that team, but then also that team was sending us like a big email and so we're parsing out. We're like, okay, so how do I handle all of that? How do I give this back to them in a way that everybody's happy but also understanding the individual pieces of it? And if you're not at an um, emotionally stable, happy, mm-hmm. overflowing, good place, that stuff just eats people alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think his work, our work with him was the beginning of us sort of investing in ourselves that way. Mm-hmm. And it made us a lot more brave and courageous and um, – but also that yeah. what we do isn't who we are. So if, yeah. if tomorrow they're like, you can't, the world's like, you can't design anymore. I'm still worthy person and I have things to contribute. And yeah. um, if both of your, we always talk about like if both your hands get cut off yeah. and you can't paint or do something on a computer, you, are you as still a person, brilliant? Are, yeah. you still exist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I hope nobody's hands get cut off. Yeah. Same. But, that, but that's like monumental. Like I think that's a real thing that nobody really says out loud. And like I've, yeah. I don't think that I have that security yet. Like, I think if I had what I have right now taken away from me tomorrow, I would go through a really yeah. big internal crisis. crisis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was at that point. That's yeah. crazy. Well, I, w- I had a little, we both had a little bit of an advantage in that I grew up my whole life thinking I was going to work inside of a church and that that was my, I would have used the word calling. Like, that was like my, I was put on this earth to do that thing. And then that all shifted and I went through a time of being crisis. like what mm-hmm. identity crisis for mm-hmm. sure of like all these things that I held as foundational are no longer there. Mm-hmm. What's going on? And it, I think when you have to struggle through something, you end up holding on to the yeah. important parts of it a bit more. Um, and so, yeah, being able to look at, I've, I've always had a number of places where I applied to work when I was looking for jobs in the marketing kind of world. I, have ended up becoming clients of ours. Um, so I've had a lot of people at some level not believe in me mm. or maybe they believed in somebody more than me but then come back around mm. like five years later. And so I think it makes it easy to have a long – If somebody, it makes it easy to have a long view on that whole mm-hmm. thing. So if people have feedback or if people are like, I don't like what you're doing, I'm like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Later you'll figure that out. Or if we have a bad relationship with a client – like there's been some clients we've stopped working with because the relationship wasn't good and you get into that thing of like if they talk about us in a 
bad way to other people. That's not good for us. But we've just found, and this has proven itself true over time, that the, the truth comes out about, you know, as long as you're doing good stuff, you don't have to protect your reputation very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over the long term, things have been good. I think people in our world get really stuck, in a business get really stuck when they just stay really short-term focused um, yeah. and just get really uptight about that. So It's almost like yeah. that intention is everything kind of thing. Like mm. if you hear like Gary Vee talk or something, he talks yeah. about that. And I like it because I think at the core, like no matter how you really treat people, if they actually know that your intention is pure, then you know, it usually works out. I think mm-hmm. having people who have a strong faith tend to mm-hmm. you know, have a really strong core mm-hmm. to rely on. I don't know. You know, if you don't have that, you know, what people turn to. But mm-hmm. I think uh, that's probably where I find a lot of people who, you know, are really, you know, centered around God or mm. things like that. Like, they find that they can mm-hmm. find their identity there and not have to do it within their work. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you've got to find it. If you're, if it comes from your job or the way you get paid, then you're yeah. bound to be, a, re- a recession will happen. Uh, you know, we both graduated into the worst job market in history outside of the Great Depression. And so Allie's, Allie was top of her class. Every professor was like, you can have every job, whatever you want to do, you can do. And then she graduates, and she's competing with people of five to seven years' experience. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't – in a city that we have no network. So there wasn't like, hey, can you help us out and get us this first introduction? Um, Allie's first job came from she sold an iPad on Craigslist because we were real broke, and that person was a recruiter – who placed her at the call center. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's the that's how strong our network was here when we moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if our whole, what we believed about ourselves was tied to our ability to get those jobs we thought we were supposed to have, yeah. uh, we would have been in big trouble yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's tough. Definitely. And yeah. I think that's a good place to pivot kind of towards our last question of the show centered around the theme on our podcast, which is live uncomfortably. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. I always see people kind of smile. If you're an entrepreneur, I generally see people smile when they hear that. So uh, what do you guys think of the phrase and how live does it apply to your lives? That's a good question. I'll go first. Okay. And then you. Deal. Yeah. Um, Allie always bats clean up when we talk. So when we, I always, like, explain some things, and then Allie comes in with, like, the one-liner that just is, like, oh, gosh, way better no than whatever I said. <laughs> Uh, thinking. But I think all of that, a diamond is a logo of the Winter Jam, and the, this is not, we didn't make up this phrase, but diamonds are created under pressure, that that is, without pressure, diamond is coal. And so it's, it's uh, you don't get strong unless you, something is hard. And mm-hmm. you can't, it, it's impossible to be handed something and for you to get, be good at that. Um, if you start off with an advantage, that's a disadvantage over the long term. And I th- we've benefited so much personally from not having that, of moving into a city and being like, you don't know anybody, uh, job market's horrible, you moved here because you thought the job market wasn't going to be horrible, good luck, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we just worked our ass off to network and help people and meet people and develop a reputation in a place where nobody knew us, um, but there was a lot of opportunity. Uh, and so you have to do all of that. The same thing is true with all of life. Relationship is having hard, you know, the more you can have hard conversations earlier, the better things are long-term. Um, yeah, it's, you, it's if you're not uncomfortable, you're gonna die. You're gonna do nothing, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I think it's an interesting question because I've found a lot of people that I know who live in and out of Columbus who have, whether they've lived here before or visited or they've moved out, say that Columbus is a very comfortable city, that we all are trying to attain a, like a level of comfort. Um, the cost of living doesn't totally make us, you know, broke. Um, the cost of a cocktail can be relatively high or really, really low. And so there's all these different elements about Columbus that feels comfortable compared to living in New York or L.A. or Chicago. Um, the weather makes me feel uncomfortable. No. Um, but I think that owning a business here, for us, living uncomfortably is always living in um, within vulnerability and, like, sharing work that you make and then being like, so what do you think? Or giving someone advice for their business and hoping that they don't in two months have to end the business or go bankrupt. Um, so while we aren't saving lives, I think it is this responsibility that can feel uncomfortable and you can feel pressure, like Adam said. Um, owning a business and hiring people, you live in this uncomfortable phase of um, these people depend on me to pay their rent and when they can't, I have to just be willing to live it with that. Um, I can't totally control I can't take over and, and take control of my client's business or my employee's life. Um, you can only do so much. And so we actually talked to a therapist once um, who is a client, and she basically was like, you, can, you have to protect your business. You have to be professional. There are certain lines you shouldn't cross with client relationships or you know things like that because um, you really want to take on, I think sometimes you even want to take on more. Um, and that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to feel like you're always navigating and there's no perfect formula. So mm. for me, I think it's that um, understanding that emotion isn't bad. And I my challenge this year for myself is to communicate. So anytime I think something, if it's not hurtful, say it. Um, be very clear, direct to the point, and instead of holding it in. Because that's a whole other level of uncomfortability. There's that discomfort of watching somebody else struggle mm -hmm. where – you're a business and we could jump in and help more or just do something or show up and help you mop your floors also. Yeah. But you have to figure out how to manage yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my answer. That's a good one. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good phrase. And uh, Adam, Allie, I think it's a great place to wrap up. Thanks a lot yeah. for joining us today. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun at Conquerors. Thanks for listening. That's Adam and Allie of the Wonder Jam. And you guys can go check out their podcast. It'll be linked up in the show notes. Again, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. If you guys enjoyed that episode, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitchers, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And go ahead and click that subscribe button. It'll make sure you never miss another episode of Conquering Columbus. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to say thanks to all of our incredible sponsors one more time. Conquering Columbus is brought to you in part by the Sundown Group, the Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. And for more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them is a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing 
and easy to use and tailored fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.